And welcome back to the Brickhouse Podcast. We are rolling right along here on the year. We got season four, episode 11. We just had a wonderful interview last week. We learned about time zones, cheap beer in Asia. Go check out our interview with Subsonic Eye. But I'm Andrew Passaro, alongside Joe Brennan, and one of our favorite interns, Tom Esposito, here with us today. We got a lot to talk about. There's plenty going on. Springtime is in the air. The pollen, it's in your eyes. Welcome back to the Brickhouse Podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing well here, man. Thank you guys so much again for having me. So excited to be here. I am also great. Uh, luckily, the pollen has kind of died down, or maybe I'm just desensitized. There's been some great new music that's come out. Been really thrilled about that. Andrew, how you doing? I'm good. Moved into a new room in the same apartment, so hence the no Liverpool flag behind me if we ever put clips Well, we out have a YouTube page. Wonderful podcast, but yeah, I now have a bigger room. Oh, we do? Well, we got to start using that. So what's the YouTube chip page? Uh, it's just Brickhouse Podcast. Uh, we have zero videos posted. Cool. Elite. I love that. Before we do the thing where we start the podcast, let's whip it around real quick. At Brickhouse Pod on Twitter and Instagram. At Andrew Passaro, Twitter and Instagram. At on IG. At TSPO92. And also call us up at 917-740-6429. Tell us what you love about the podcast tell us what you hate about the podcast especially tell us about what you hate about the podcast we really want to get some constructive criticism this is your homework if you enjoy listening to the podcast this week provided that you're 21 get wasted call the voicemail and tell us what you don't like about the podcast responsible i want angry drunk messages in the voicemail about why we what we need to improve that being said fellas it's time to start this thing top of the queue what have you been listening to Tom, you are the guest of honor today, so you will start. Thank you very much. Um, you know, the last thing I had listened to at the top of the queue here is the new Black Keys album. I know we're going to get into that in just a few minutes, so I'm going to not say anything more. Joseph? So, as you know, the weather has been getting lovely, so I've been in a very dancey, party, fun kind of mood. So I've been listening to electronic and dance music. There's this female ar- artist from England by the name of Jada G., on the electronic playlist from last year, I think that was uh, Flava, 2020 Flava. It might have been Juice. I forget. I should just name them normal titles. But she had a track on that playlist called Both of Us. Now she has a track called All I Need, and it's just as good, if not better. If you're looking to party, throw this on. If you're looking to party, call us up. We'll DJ the party. My name is Rod, and I like to party also i've been listening to this band logic 1000 not logic just logic 1000 uh, and they had this four song ep called you've got the whole night to go also great electronic dance music angie what you listening to our boy r.i.p mf doom had a posthumous release recently since we i mean we've taped pods since this record came out but i think we had interviews but he did a collaboration album called super what with Zarface. Short record, it's like 26 minutes, very good record. Fun fact, I did not know that Zarface was also in Wu-Tang Clan as Inspector Deck. Didn't realize that that was the same guy. Solid record, would recommend. If you like if you like that MF Doom style hip-hop with a bunch of the crazy drops from different TV shows and, and fun shit from like the 70s and 80s that you have never heard before, High Key would recommend. Great record, really quick, really short, but great hip-hop. And uh, we're going to talk about some other hip-hop. Obviously, J. Cole put out his new record. We will talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But Tom talked about it. Black Keys put out a record. I think all of us have listened to it. All of us loved I loved it. 
Tom loved it. Joe? So I think I mentioned this on a phone call last week. I was super hyped about this new record. The first two singles, Crawling Kingsnake and Going Down South, got me super flustered in all the all the best ways. Uh, it reminded me of like circa 2004, 2006 Black Keys, like Magic Potion days. It has that like kind of gritty garage, like sweaty balls kind of sound, you know. Nothing like a sweaty ball. The kind of music you want to listen to on a hot day or like a like a nice breezy, smelly bar, blues rock, you know, the good stuff. That being said, the album comes out, starts out with Crawling King Snake, a little too long for me, 58 minutes. I'm, I need an album that's less than 40 minutes. I did like some of the songs, but as as a whole, just too much. I was expecting too much from the album. I would throw some of these songs on a barbecue playlist. But yeah, I'd, I'd give it like a solid B plus, B minus. Is it better than their last record? It's the best thing since El Camino. That's a, that's a pretty big statement for you because you've been kind of anti-Black Keys for a little while here now. Since they want to yeah, I've kind of been anti-Black Keys. Black Keys go on tour this summer, hypothetically, or this fall. Are you going to see Black Keys, yes or no? Unless they play that shitty, smelly bar that I'm imagining in my head... I'm not seeing them at an arena. No, fuck that. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm agree with you because I saw I saw the arcs at a smaller venue. It was one of the best shows I've ever yeah. seen. No, so. I've seen the Black Keys three or four times already when they were little bands, and it was amazing. It was sweaty. I felt Patrick Carney's drumsticks like shattering in my face because he plays the drums so hard. So that's that's good enough for me. I was home for the weekend. I listened to it with my dad. So I agree with you. It does have big dad rock vibes, but it also has big vibes of. You're in a dark bar with like a pool table in the back and really the only light in the bar is like the light over the pool table and directly over the bar so that the bartender can hand you that very low quality of beer that we like. So if that's your vibe, which is very much mine, you're going to love this record. But if you're a rock fan, you should go listen to this record because it's really solid. And it's a cover album too, like correct? Like it's not... Yeah, they're all covers. These aren't any- so like the song structures are good. It's just the delivery, you know? Is this the best rock cover album since the Rage Against the Machine rock cover album? Good question. Truthfully, the Rage one was good. I think that was a very good album. Now I I think it's a great yes, album. Yes, but I, I don't how many rock cover albums have we truly seen in the last five years? And that's just a low ball number. Uh, I can't name one. <laughs> I forget if the band was drug dealer or one of those kinds of bands, but they did a cover EP and it was like four or five just straight covers. I might have missed that one. I'll have to check that one out. I, I, I agree with you, Tom. There's not a lot of bands doing cover records, so that's very fair. The Me First and the Gimme Gimme's record was a lot of... Uh, do you remember that? We had a Me yeah. First and the Gimme Gimme's record at the radio station in college. Fun fact, that's where Chris Shiflett, who would join the Foo Fighters to become their second guitarist, or their lead guitarist, would join them from, and it was them... Playing a bar mitzvah or a bar or bat mitzvah? A mitzvah. Yes, of some form it was like of mitzvah. Johnny's bar mitzvah or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Awesome record. Like, like weird record in the sense that this is a band playing a bat mitzvah, like a legitimate rock band playing a bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah. It's like a ska band. A ska it, they, they, they had big time ska vibes, which I like that record a lot. So, um, Tom, what do you think of the Blackies album? Well, you know, I'm going to kind of echo the points that both of you fine gentlemen here have said. This reminds me of early 2000 Black Keys, thick freakness kind of. You're getting these heavy blues licks. Um, with that said, Joe, I agree with you. I think the singles might have been the strongest single offerings that they had. Loved Crawling King Snake. Didn't mind the length of the album. I also thought 
Poor Boy A Long Way From Home was a pretty good cover. Um, but overall, you know, good album, good blues album, but I, I can't say how many songs truthfully stuck with me. With that said, I would love to go. Andrew, you mentioned the dark bar, drink a shitty beer, give me a couple high lifes. Maybe a few shots of well whiskey. Tequila for me, but whiskey for you, whatever you want. And um, I think that's a great hour-long album to just hang out at the bar with. Can I come? Absolutely. Yeah, you can come. I'll allow it, Joe. I would prefer, I would really like to be shooting pool, drinking Miller High Life, and and uh, listening to the record. Solid, solid, solid evening. Well, I mentioned Chris Shiflett a minute ago because he was in Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. He's also the guitarist in the Foo Fighters who it came out. They are getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jay-Z is also going to be a part of this class. There was, this was a pretty big class of people that were getting, that were nominated. Nominations include Rage Against the Machine, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, Kate Bush, Chaka Khan, Devo, Iron Maiden, The Go-Go's, Carol King, The New York Dolls. Tina Turner, Dionne Warwick, Fila Cootie, Mary J. Blige, uh, Todd Rundgren, and LL Cool J. Uh, shout out, by the way, uh, Carol King. She's got some great shit, by the way. Of that list, Joe, who ended up getting in? Do you have it in front of you? I don't. I can look it up. Uh, off the top of my head, I think it was the Foo Fighters, Jay-Z. I think Gil Scott Heron is going as uh, in as like an influential person. Todd Rundgren, I think also Carol King. Oh, uh, fuck. I know Rage didn't get in. I think the Go-Go's are going in this year. Okay, here um, it is. Tina Turner, Carol King, the Go-Go's, Jay, Foo Fighters, Todd Rundgren. And then um, early influence award was Kraftwerk, Charlie Patton, Gil Scott Heron. So you're right. Musical excellent award was LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rhodes. And the Amit, there's some other award going to Clarence Avant. Amit Aragon? What? Ahmad Aragon? Yes. Yeah, he was the guy that was, I think he was in charge of Atlantic Records. Okay. And Billy Preston was the fifth Beatle. He was the keyboardist at the end of the Beatles, and then he was the first musical guest on SNL, 1975. The more you know. Fun SNL fact, as another one about the Beatles, is that Lorne Michaels, the head of SNL, uh, went on television with like a $9,000 check or something like that and was like, all you have to do is come down here and play three Beatles songs. You can pay Ringo less if you want. You know, just come down here. We don't care. And uh, John and Paul were like hanging out and thought about going down and didn't. That would have been one of the most epic moments of SNL because had John and Paul like reunited, it would have been amazing. Okay, so that's all my SNL Beatle facts. I'm out. I'm, I'm chalk. Tom, do you have an SNL Beatle fact? No, I don't. And I kind of, I feel like I'm really lacking in what I'm bringing to the podcast here. But um, no, I don't have an SNL Beatle fact. You blew it! Next time, now you know. All right. You have to have, you have to bring one. I'll come. We also didn't brief him very well. I'll come prepared. Yeah, or you have to get a Brickhouse tattoo. So along with the microphone, we'll we'll send you a pack of briefs so we can, that was a terrible joke. <laughs> Are they going to be regular briefs or boxer briefs? Boxer briefs. Okay, good. I'm a boxer brief kind of man myself. I don't know about you guys. I switch in the summertime because they can get the cotton can get a little too a little sticky. Thick, so yeah, those New York summers yeah. can get pretty humid. Sure. <laughs> Back to the Hall of Fame. I have a quick rant about the Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a great museum. As a Hall of Fame, it is a shite Hall of Fame. The worst. Number one, how do you call it a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you're inducting pop acts or rap acts? You could just call it the Music Hall of Fame. I'd be cool with that. Madonna, she's great. Jay Z, he's great. Number two, how are you inducting the Go-Go's into the Hall of Fame? They have like, what, like two hit songs? And it took you 20 years to put Black Sabbath in the Hall of Fame. How is Iron Maiden still not in the Hall of Fame? Tell me that. 
You got a point. There's another big musical thing that we don't recognize on this podcast. It starts with a G, ends in a Y, takes place in uh, Los Angeles, has a ram in the middle of it. They have a great museum, too. The, their museum, uh, 10 out of 10, we recommend visiting if you're in Los Angeles. They had a really cool exhibit on the Ramones that I saw when I was there one of the times I've been to L.A. I don't get jazzed about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I will say the if you if you want to watch a cool Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance, because the performances are pretty dope. Yes. You can't take that away. Go watch Why My Guitar Gently Weeps after George Harrison got inducted individually. And it's Tom Petty's out there. Prince is out there. There's a bunch of other guys out there. Prince just comes out with the most ridiculous guitar solo, throws his guitar up and walks off stage and you don't see the guitar fall. It's just, yes, go watch the video. I'm telling you, go watch the video. I've watched it five or six times. It's an incredible performance of Why My Guitar Gently Weeps. Prince shreds. In typical Prince fashion, he one-ups everybody and then throws his guitar up and then walks away and you don't see the guitar fall. So I, I really am curious, where's that guitar? I would assume it's not in great condition because he threw it pretty high, but where's the guitar? Like, is it, or maybe it just went right Some up to say it's like a Chinese spacecraft. When it falls, you don't know where it's going to hit. So there we go. Maybe the UFOs took it. But the, these are these are important theories that we are coming up with on this podcast. Did you guys see that 60 Minutes segment on Sunday about that UFOs are real, confirmed by the U.S. government? I didn't need to watch 60 Minutes for that. No, the clock gives me anxiety. It means the weekend is over. But if people do have theories on where Prince's guitar is, they should call the Brick House Podcast, 917-740-6429. He's earning his paycheck for beautiful, the week. Tom. And by paycheck, I mean a hearty handshake. No, Joe, I'm with you. Hip-hop has been around, established as a thing since the 80s. How do we not have a hip-hop hall of fame? How do we not have a hip-hop hall of fame? We do have a hip-hop hall of fame. It's in the Bronx. Didn't fun fact I didn't know that uh, that's that was gonna be my next question where would you put it would you put it in New York would you put it in Atlanta would you put it in L A the birthplace of hip hop the Bronx Cleveland's not the birthplace of rock and roll yes it is, is. It really that's where the phrase rock and roll I think it started Alan Free the DJ was a DJ in Cleveland Ohio and like I think in fifty five I think he coined the phrase rock and roll I'm not a hundred percent certain but I'm ninety some percent certain that that's that's the story. But that's where the name rock and roll came from, not the music. Music, Hip-hop originated in the Bronx. Well, if you want to go way back into it, hip-hop originated in the 40s and 30s with like acts like Louis Jordan and Rosetta Sharp, like, you know, black artists that were doing some fast rhythm and blues, and then white artists started doing it, and they called it something else. That's fair. All right, well, we, uh, we have learned a lot on this podcast. Let's talk about one of the new releases, a big release, a release that people are going to say is best album of the year. I don't think it's best album of the year so far. I think it's a very good release. But J. Cole put out J. Cole put out his new project this past weekend. The offseason. J. Cole also playing basketball right now. I would say out of 10, the offseason is about a 7.5, 8 for me. Low 8, high 7. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was, objectively, I didn't think it was better than 2014 Forest Hills Drive. So I know people will be mad at me for that, but. In terms of bars, he's got bars on bars on bars. Bars for days. Yes, like us on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, I really like the tracks My Life with 21 Savage. Applying Pressure was probably my favorite, and Pride is the Devil was also one of my favorites as well. Those were good. I feel like the song production, like it's good quality, obviously, because it's, it's like a you know one of the biggest rappers in the game. But like I don't know, I just feel like 
it didn't have the same kind of song structure production that all of his other stuff did. Like it kind of just felt like I don't know. It's uh, I get maybe it's just like the whole genre of rap is moving towards this style of production. I guess I'm dating myself basically. I'm a fan of older styles of production, like DJ Premier or even like Mike Will made it or Hit Boy kind of stuff. No, I agree with you. I, I really like 95. I like the first track off the album a lot. 95 South, I feel like, set a really good tone. Um, I, I did like that. And the 21 Savage song was also really good. But uh, he did. So he's playing basketball, by the way, in Rwanda right now. He's playing for the, he's playing for the Patriots Basketball Club. He In his first game, he had three points, three rebounds, and two assists in just under 18 minutes. By the way, he's 36 years old. So he's, you know, he's a little old. He has balled out at the NBA All-Star game. But I, I think there's been people who have been like, oh, yeah, he might have been able to like get an NBA contract. I think the only person who actually ever did that was Styles P. I think he got like a 10, 10-day contract with like the Detroit Pistons or something like that. And I don't think he ended up making That's a future segment right here on the pod is you pick your ultimate team of NBA All-Star musicians. Those guys that play the... Uh, the game before the all-star game oh i like that win butler is really was really good okay fire yeah i kept i keep wanting to call him gerard butler no that's isn't that yeah. the actor comedian guy oh it, it wasn't styles p it was master p so my bad but anyways continue sorry anyway that's a top five right there okay. for the down the line in the future would you rather would you rather be a famous basketball player or a famous rapper those are two things i can't do um, so who makes more money? Do we think uh, on an average or like, Let, let's go player. average. <laughs> I'd say basketball. Cause then I think I, you can get a pension also. Yeah. And, and also you have less There's people no pension in the rap game. You <laughs> true. You have less people taking money out of your pocket. Cause you don't have the record label. You just true. have an agent and the U S government. I'd go basketball, sign a guaranteed contract, tear an ACL, call quits, retire. And then you can coach, you know, little shitheads basketball for yeah, the next CYO, 20 years. whatever the, the church basketball is that is now the goal for me for this podcast is to get successful enough for us to sponsor a youth <laughs> basketball team so we can name them the little shitheads <laughs> get out there you shitheads if you want to donate to this cause call the brick house pod 917-740-6429 we'll drop you a venmo you can help donate the little shitheads of tomorrow All right, so going back to J. Cole, he addressed a feud that has been alleged to since 2013. In 2013, P. Diddy was very drunk at the MTV Music Awards and tried to confront Kendrick Lamar for a quote he made on a freestyle control about being the king of New York. And P. Diddy was mad about that. He tried to pour a drink on Kendrick Lamar, and J. Cole got in the middle of it and broke up the fight. And, and J. Cole talked about this or rapped about this on the record, which is kind of cool because it confirms that this at least did happen. He didn't try to fight Diddy, but he did say that he used to love Diddy and now he knows different things about Diddy, so he doesn't love him anymore. So that's plenty for the internet streets to talk about. He did say he put hands on Diddy. Well, I would I would assume he had to to break up the fight. Yeah. It's not easy to break up a fight without using hands. That's true, yeah. Not a good look for Diddy or P. Diddy or whatever the fuck the people call him nowadays. Going back, because this beef is almost eight years old, right? Now, people keep receipts. It's the internet. J. Cole, August 26, 2013, tweeted, people will believe anything. 
Diddy, a day later in 2013, said, I usually don't address rumors, but I got too much respect for my bro, J. Cole. We are friends. The rumors are not true. We had a great party. So, and then oh, wow. J. Cole's manager, the same day, August 26, 2013, goes, the internet is a crazy place. You, there's going to be some blanks in here. Reporting blanks with no facts. Cole ain't get thrown out, no party. And he damn sure ain't get beat up. Everybody, all three parties in 2013 denied this. Now, J. Cole comes out with this. And can we call it a confirmation? I'm willing to call it a confirmation. I'm going to say I'm going to say the United States confirmed this. The United States Senate confirmed this and they are approved to work for the United States. Executive producer Dick Wolf. What happened in the last eight years that pissed J. Cole off that he would? Did he just have no material to rap about? I don't, I don't know. First of all, J. Cole definitely has material to rap about. Uh, maybe he's upset he didn't get invited to invest in Ciroc. I don't know. I know, I can name two Diddy songs, and it's well, he has the one Diddy, Diddy, that Diddy, he did Diddy, after Diddy. after Big Biggie died. Uh, I'll be missing you, which is a great yeah. track, very sad. And then all about the Benjamins. Oh, then I can name three, and the other one I can name is Bad Boy for Life, which I really know because Tom Brady and Gronk were playing that on the way to like their like Brady's like tenth Super Bowl, walking on the tarmac, and and Gronk threw up like a shrug like the security guard in uh the last dance but that's just all the diddy tracks i can know i mean i don't he is on the i don't know if it's the back cover or the front cover of the tribe called quest midnight marauders album that makes sense they also make reference to r kelly in lyrics to go on that album i didn't know that that is that is good to know and i like lyrics to go quite a lot so uh we're learning a whole bunch of things on today's episode of the brick house podcast so i think this leads us to say which musician would you guys like to have tried to throw a drink at you that you would then throw hands at oh boy this is a tough one for me let me just answer this in two parts here real quick a musician that could throw a drink at me and i would do absolutely nothing about except respect them and ask to take a picture with them bruce springsteen being born in new jersey no brainer now that being said if i could fight a musician Mm -hmm. i have nothing against this person but i think i could take them in a fight rivers cuomo i mean you sing a whole song about looking like buddy holly I think I got a chance. Not saying I'd win, but I think I have a chance, which is all I could ask for. So you're telling me there's a chance. And I love Weezer, for the record. I think Green Album, Blue Album, Pinkerton, amazing. So, again, Rivers Cuomo, please don't hate me. Personally, I would let Neil Young pour a drink in my head. He's a man that can do nothing wrong. He seems so cool, writes the best songs. He was in a band with Rick James. A man that I would personally fight, Kanye West. But you love Kanye. I don't I don't I don't love Kanye. I love his production. I love a number of his albums. Uh recently not so much. So maybe if I get in a fight with him, I think I could take Kanye number 1, but number 2, I think maybe it would make him write a good album. I don't think you could take Kanye when he's doing when he works out as much as he does in uh, 30 hours. <laughs> Wake up all chest oh, and doing legs. suicides on the tour jet. I don't think you could take Kanye, but uh, I'd I'd like to. I'd pay to see it. I'd pay to see it happen. I would let Dave Grohl throw as many drinks as he wanted as me. And he's so cool. He wouldn't. We all know he would never do that. I would let Dave Grohl throw full beers at me, like in the can. <laughs> I'd just be running away from Dave Grohl throwing full beers. Would you let him throw fresh pots at you? Fresh pots. Yes, one hundred percent. 
And then uh, if I had to fight a musician, I wanted to say Goldlink earlier because he dissed Mac uh, Miller, but I think I'd go with Morrissey just because I'd like to do the musical community a, a huge favor. So that's what I that's what I do. Personally, I would just go up to Morrissey and try and sneak as many loose hot dogs into his pockets as possible. <laughs> I feel like he would get more angry at that over me beating him up. Where are you pulling these hot dogs from? Pocket dogs. I always got a hot dog in my pocket. You want one? I don't want any pocket dogs. Okay, fine. So, Tom, the last time he came on, he did the Explain This Facebook status game with us. So now he's got a new game show that he wants to play on the Brickhouse podcast. Yes, I do. So let me just run through this quickly. This is a quick variation. I'm like, you know, game to play with engagement parties. So instead of couples that are going to get married, what's more, you know, close-knit and bonded than co-hosts on the Brickhouse podcast? So I... Nothing. I agree with you. So I have about six or seven questions here. We're going to run through them pretty quickly. Um, how this is going to work. I am going to say a question. I am immediately going to count one, two, three. On three, you guys are going to answer me or him. Does that make sense? Okay. I'll go through a test one here first, and then I'll hit the real ones. Who is more likely to fall asleep at the bar? One, two, three. Him. Me. There you go. All right. One for one so far. I'm about six of these, so pretty straightforward, right? So we'll just hit these. Multiple. All right, let's do Lock this. Them out. Who graduated Scranton with a lower GPA? One, two, three. Him. Me. <laughs> All right, you guys are two for two. Um, who sees more concerts in a non-COVID year? One, two, three. Me. Him. Three for three. Wow, these guys are good. Who is more likely to spend a night in jail? One, two, three. Three. Me. <laughs> Yo, I swear these are. I thought about that today. <laughs> Never done it, but I swear yeah. these aren't targeted at all. All right, I got three more for you guys. <laughs> Who is more likely to say, I saw that band before they got big? One, two, three. Me. Him. All right, holy cow. You guys have hit every one so far. Two more. Who is more likely to forget that their taxes were due today? One, two, three. Three. Me. Him. <laughs> oh, my God. Six for six. I don't know if I should dis- disclose this information. I, yeah, yeah, I'm i a little late sometimes. Right, I well, did it on time this year, though. If so, you're yeah. listening Proud to this you. podcast right now and didn't file your taxes, I hope you have an extension because they were due Monday. Yes. And it's Thursday. Yes. At a minimum. Anyway, my last one. You guys are at six for six. I'm worried that this question might ruin your perfect streak. Who is the bigger title fight fan? One, two, three. Me. Him. Well, I mean, Tom, we've been bet we've been friends since December of twenty fifteen. Yes. Twenty no, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. I'm sorry, I, I forgot which year graduation was for high school or, or college. That's my bad. But yeah, we met in the basement the basement of three sixteen North Webster Avenue in December of twenty eleven and have been friends since. So it's it's ten close to ten years of, of shenanigans you guys have a picture of that basement you put that on a t-shirt 316 north web basement picture i don't know if we do i'd have to and then i could photoshop our faces in the basement we'll just be like two floating faces behind the there bar. you go that'd be Break perfect that'd be ideal anyway you guys crushed that seven for seven on the know your co-host game so you guys clearly know your co-hosts we do and now a word from our presenting sponsor tommy come down and eat your brick flakes come in ma Oh yeah, Brick Flakes for breakfast again? 
pour that. Rick, ma. Enjoy it, sweetie. Brick Flakes are best eaten with 2% brick juice. Find it at your local Mama Bee's Delicatessen and Men's Club. All right, well, thank you to our presenting sponsor. That was our presenting sponsor this week because the meme that I saw on the internet said that Jamie Oliver from the UK wants to cancel cartoon uh, characters for cereal boxes because it's unhealthy and it promotes eating unhealthy cereals. So on today's podcast, to close the episode, we will be doing our top five cereal characters. Joe, should we? Well, let's do it like we did last time, where one of us whips five to one. We'll all go five to one and we'll whip around the room. Rapid fire. All right. Tom, you take it away. You're the guest. All right. Well, first of all, I'd tell Joe B to mind his own damn business. This is America. Number five, Mr. T from Mr. T Cereal in the 80s. Number four, Sugar Smacks Frog. Underrated. I think that's a good cereal mascot. Also great in that episode of Family Guy. Yes. Number three, the nightmare-fueled honeycomb mascot from the mid-90s. This thing was like a furball with legs that looked like every like 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 a crackhead had come up with it at the last minute when a project was due. Terrifying. Number two, the old man who made cinnamon toast crunch. Their mascot is now a piece of cinnamon toast crunch that eats other cinnamon toast crunch. I don't like it. I like the old man. And number one, Tony the Tiger. When I think of cereal, I think of Tony. Also unrelated, but when I used to play hockey, there was one team called the Tigers, and they would sing the Tony the Tiger, We Are Tigers, in warm-ups, and it was the most distracting thing. It took me right out of being prepared for a game because I couldn't not laugh at it. So that's my top five. I got a hot take about Frosted Flakes real quick. Hit me with it. They suck. Honestly, not even my favorite. I was a honey. I'm a honey bunches of oats man myself, but they don't even have a mascot. I do. So. I do mess around with some honey bunches of oats, but the frosted flakes. The second that you put them in the milk, the frosting goes away. Like you're yeah. just eating soggy, grainy chips in milk. Like what is? Excuse me, but I'm supposed to be getting a sugar high here, and this is not helping. Okay. Joe, would you like Agreed. to Joe? Would you like to go next? Or would you want like, like me too? Uh, I don't know dig about cereal because I don't really eat cereal. Even though I had cereal for breakfast today, but that's besides the point. So I included certain mascots that were not cereal. So I cheated. I'm a cheater. I get it. Uh, number five, the Hamburglar. I think he's cool. He's stealing ham. That's kind of dope. Number four, Count Chocula. I think he's kind of cool. He's you know counting chocolate. Add some diversity to my top five. Uh, number three, Mr. T. I also looked up on Google Images uh, lame cereal mascots, and he was one of the first ones that popped up. I did not know that Mr. T had a cereal. Uh, on the box, it said it included stickers. I hope the stickers were inside the cereal, because there's nothing like eating a bowl of cereal and chewing on a nice Mr. T sticker. Number two, the Kool-Aid Man. I don't think once... He asked to pay for the repairs on the walls he's broken. That's another family guy joke. Is it? Yeah. <sighs> Pretty much, guys, what we've learned from this episode of the Brick House podcast is that we should have been writing for Family Guy in the peak years of it being about hilarious. 20 years which is, ago. <laughs> yeah, which is okay. I'm the the season about season one through about season seven of, of Family Guy is peak cartoon yeah. television, in my opinion. And I could watch it any day, all day. When cereal still had America Online discs included in it, so that's true. Number one, George Washington. I think Joe's. He's the oatmeal guy. He's not a serious. No, he's that's guy. Benjamin Franklin. Are you sure? 
Yes. I thought that was just because a lot qu- like George Washington. Because it's Quaker oatmeal, Joe. Yeah, and Benjamin Franklin was in Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> All right, I guess. To, to summarize, sure. Joe picked the McDonald's mascot for five. He said count Chocula because he counts. I don't think he once counted. Number <laughs> one, he picked not I, an oatmeal man and misidentified him. But, Joe, I have to say, as Great always, list. your top five is my favorites. It's just, I don't know what I'm going to get out of it, and that I love. Okay, are you ready for my list? Because they are all actually serial characters. I'm going to agree with Tom. If not, we'll let you know. I'm going to agree with Tom at number five. The old man from the Cinnamon Toast Crunch commercials was legendary. I like my Cinnamon Toast Crunch mascots to be guys who make Cinnamon Toast Crunch and not cannibals. It's That's a weird thing to be teaching kids. There's an army hammer joke here. It makes itself. I'm not going to make it. I believe he'd be called a toastable because he's eating his own kind. Boo! You stink! That, there we go. There we go. Uh, number four, Toucan Sam. I love those commercials when they were finding the follow your nose, even though he clearly has like a beak, which is not a nose. But shout out Toucan Sam. Uh, the Fruit Loops did have sick artwork on the back of the box while you were eating it in the morning. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Chip the Dog from uh, Cookie Crisp, which was basically dessert for breakfast. Whoa, good one. Good one. Cookie Crisp was basically an excuse to just eat. Like, I have the mini cookie, mini uh, chocolate chip cookies in my pantry right now. That was more or less the same thing that was in Cookie Crisp, okay? That was, you were eating dessert for breakfast, which is the ultimate life hack. Number two, the bird from Cocoa Puffs that went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That bird went to the moon on Cocoa Puffs. I also believe that I could go to the moon on Cocoa Puffs. And my number one, um, this is a person who I would follow to the gates of hell, to the, to Mars, to the next galaxy. He is my captain in this life and the next, and it's Captain Crunch. Like, how did you? How am I the only one who said Captain Crunch? Crunchitize me, Captain. Crunchitize me, Captain. Three amazing flavors of cereal: the original, great, great type of cereal. The fruit ones, awesome. The peanut butter ones, awesome. When they combined all three, incredible. Joe makes Cap'n Crunch chicken. So for Mother's Day, I made my mother Captain Crunch fried chicken, and it's so fucking delicious. And I don't know if you know about... So I was at work, and many of my coworkers are people of color, and some of them cringed when I told them I used Captain Crunch as the coating for fried chicken. It's like a sin. I mean, yeah, probably is, but it's, it's, I can, I've had it. It tastes very good. So yeah. white people shit, the brick house podcast, white people shit. We're trying not to be, but a little it's bit. hard when you have three white dudes, just a little bit. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff for you to listen to, for you to check out, for you to get into, for you to argue about with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Breakout Pod, Andrew Pasal, at da 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 at TSO92. Hit that number, 917 Did I get that right, Tom? I got that right. Hell yeah. Peace.